0: hey kids Nash Kato urge overkill fame and you're listening to what is it called
1: make me a deal and make it good for me i won't get full of myself I can- for to be here. This is small town music, this is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can not use it. If he can prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a
2: songway, a songway, a songway. Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and joining me in the Zoom room today. To promote their first new studio album in 11 years, please welcome from Urge Overkill, Nash Cato and King Roser. Thanks, guys.
3: Hey, stellar. Good to see you.
2: Never better. All right. So first of all, let me ask you, uh, King, where are you located right now? Where am I talking to you from?
3: Well, I happen to be in New York City for some, for some various uh, business and pleasure. Yes. All
2: right. Cool. So Nash, where are you located right now?
3: Oh you know we're we're Chicago.
0: Um still Chicago based. So. All right. And we just got we're we're about to get snowed in pretty good.
2: All right. Well, I hope you're hunkered down. I hope you have supplies. Yeah. All
0: right.
2: <laughs> All right. So guys, this new album, we it's fantastic. I guess my first question is why 11 years?
3: Haven't you heard the last 11 years Nash and I have been surfing with Eddie Vedder. I thought everybody knew that. i did that
2: was not in my notes i did not find that in the press release but good to know well
3: his his record's coming out on february 11th so uh we all worked it out but uh we had a deal we weren't gonna put it out the same week but you know old competitions die hard well i mean
2: you could have put it out six years ago and that would have predated his album
3: that's true, but uh, we were still putting the bells and whistles, whistles on it. This one had to bake in the oven at a very specific low temperature. In fact, it's what we call sous vide rock. I don't know if you've heard of the new technique.
2: I, um, I haven't, but I'm glad. It, I'll call that a rock-solid exclusive.
3: It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a taken from the culinary field, but it, it's a rock tenderizer, if you will. <laughs>
2: Uh, Nash, this question is for you. The album kicks off with a very cool and unexpected cover of Wham's Freedom.
1: Every day it's a different story. People saying how you're no good for me. I heard you get around and they'll make you free. Like a prisoner who has his own key There's no escaping its facts you on me Cause when I'm back down, I'm back down They'll do the same to you But you know that I'll forgive you Just once or twice forever You could drag me to hell and back Just as long as we're together
2: Whose idea was it to record that tune?
0: Well, I, uh, you know, uh, Kay and I were just, uh, wrapping up, of we did sort of a little coffee house urge tour, uh, in Europe, a lot of Eastern Europe dates. uh, uh just the two of us, you know, acoustic unplugged. And, uh, I think we just had, uh, wrapped up the last show and, and we're, you know, Heading home, heading back to the airport out of Moscow, all places. And our cabbie just, you know, you know uh, how wacky radio-free Europe can be. I mean, anything goes. It's a mixed bag. And, yeah, we're, I mean, we're just thinking, are we going to make our plane? You know, not really, you know, you're kind of tuning out the radio. But this song comes on, and it I mean, both our ears perked up, like, what the hell is this? You know, and I mean, it was just so undeniably catchy. It was clearly, you know, the 80s, you know, early, mid 80s, Just by the production. I mean, it was obvious, but but uh, we didn't know who. I mean, there were so many one hit wonders back then, you know, haircut 100 or, you know, Boingo Boingo or Ballet, whatever. So, you know, we knew it was of that of that ilk. But uh, Mm -hmm. we didn't, uh, you know, we made it to the airport, made our plane, got home. Then we, we started looking for it with the, the only operative word or clue being freedom, and we found it. And you know, to our astonishment, uh, you know, like wow, it's, it's George Michael and Wham! Like, you know, but uh, that didn't really matter because just this, we found the song so catchy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and I, I think we demoed it and then kind of forgot about it. And then uh, you know, a few years later. Uh, the, unti- the news of you know George Michael's untimely death, and we re- you know obviously recalled that we had you know kicked this song about, uh, and we sort of revived it and recorded it, and uh, yeah, somehow I made the first track. But it was just a great. We always like to gallop out of the gate on any album, you know. You want to get the party started, and that just had a great positive energy, you know. So
2: cool, King. Yeah. This is for you. Well, first of all, about the song, uh, guys, I didn't I didn't read anything about the album. I just listened to the album. So when that song started, I was like, I I feel like I've heard this song before. And then all of a sudden it it clicked in and I couldn't believe it. But I'm like, wow, this is a great version. And uh, so thanks for doing it. I appreciate that.
3: Did that hit you halfway through the song that my God, this is like a wham song? It absolutely did. It, it
2: wasn't. It wasn't initially. It didn't initially click until I was about halfway through the song. That's exactly we right. We were
3: hoping. We were hoping someone would have that very uncanny feeling. Yep. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, I have to say, Nash must. Nash does get most of the credit because we we had, we had gone and kind of done a. a, a we did a really easy recording of it that went really well. That was like all fun. We were in a brand new studio, kind of breaking in the team. And uh we had it in the can, and then he died. You know, we didn't know what we were gonna do with it, but uh and we we're putting together the record, you know, this the record has has uh songs from that span, you know, 12 years of, of when they were recorded. Yeah. And it was really tough to find a way to tie them all together and maybe start kick off the record with something. That was less sort of serious, you know, it's it's kind of a somber record. And uh, that was a good way to kind of throw everybody off and kind of start. And, you know, looking at it, this is a really tough thing with Urge Overkill is how you sequence the albums. It really didn't make sense anywhere else either. So yeah. we no. put it first in Pride of Place and uh, I think it's worked out great because I think our intent was to put a smile on, on as many faces as possible in these dark times. And I think it did. Uh, and I do have to give Nash most of the credit for pushing for, for that tune.
2: All right. Good going Nash. Your, your buddy's giving you some props.
3: <laughs> but, but the same thing happened to us that happened to you. Like,
0: you know, as we were hearing it in the cab, like it was, you know, vaguely familiar. Like we knew it, but we didn't, maybe we'd have heard it, but you know, it, re- it was a huge hit. I think, we found out later a huge massive hit in overseas, you know in Europe, but, but I, it wasn't really a smash hit here I mean their, their big breakout Uh-oh. in the states was uh, wake me up before you go go
2: right, yes, yeah. exactly And careless <laughs> whisper
3: but yeah. a lot of people know exactly what it is. It's yeah. like first out of the gate, a lot of people were like, "Wow, you know, George Michael, love it, and a lot of people just are you know, we're like us, no idea what what is this."
2: Well, i wanna i I like the people I like the people that are like us better than those people that know it immediately <laughs> um, now I wish i could I wish I could flip my notes around King because you mentioned sequencing, and in my notes I said, I really feel this album is perfectly sequenced
3: well that's that was uh that was like half of the t- that was the last six years of of work, so <laughs> you know. You,
2: you recorded it in a month and then it took six years to sequence.
3: Yeah. To stack yeah, to stack the deck. You know. I mean, I wish I was exaggerating.
2: <laughs> uh Nash, let me ask you this. Which one of you is the George Michael and which one of you is the Andrew Ridgely?
0: Uh well, I mean, it, it, the, the king it, it has my blessing if he would like to assume the George Michael role.
2: All right, perfect.
0: I, I don't mind being the yeah the other guy, whatever his name is.
3: <laughs> Andrew Ridgely. All right. Who's, who's Hall and who's Oates? Uh, yeah. True, yeah, really.
0: Uh, yeah, both... The king and I still argue over that. <laughs> I mean, to this day, we argue who's Hall and who's Oates here. Again.
2: <laughs> I think that's always a height thing. Whoever's taller is Daryl Hall. And yeah. sure, like i would be an oats for sure all right
3: i'm <laughs> urge i'm 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 the oats guy happily but that's fine
2: uh
0: yeah. tra- we, we think we think of ourselves more of a, uh, as a shields and our now
2: <laughs> i like that um <laughs> for people that know that reference and i certainly do bp added more than 70 billion dollars to the u.s economy
1: in 2022 Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com
2: slash investing in (laughs) America. Track two, A Necessary Evil, King on lead vocals. This song is fantastic. I mean, this is just a killer song.
0: Evil. It's my favorite track off the record, you know.
2: What do you have to say that about was, the writing uh, of this song, King?
3: That was com- that was uh emerged just uh, Sue Bede as well. Um had I I remembered uh, recently that there was a version of this song that I recorded and put on a a, a record. That it was a demo, but it, it didn't officially get a release. So basically, the the very I, the the idea of the song, which I'm glad I forgot this fact, was I ripped off from myself, which was uh uh version of a band I did called electric airlines with my younger brother that the first time urge disbanded, I did a bunch of songs and uh, the band broke up. So I never ended up releasing the stuff, you know, it's on the internet, but it's a very close ripoff of a song. I already pretty much put out there, but it had been so long that it completely forgot that. And then we demoed it and put it together for urge. And it just was 90% there. And I, you know, I'm so, was so used to it and you get this thing with, uh, stuff you've recorded and listened to a million times. It's called demo itis. You just think it's, it has to be the way it is because you're so used to, it It sounds pretty good, but I hauled it out. We had a decent recording of it. It sounded great. And I, you know, I hauled it in front of the court (laughs) and, uh, I said, you know, this, this is going to be put to death unless, uh unless it's somehow exonerated. And I think a couple of these final ideas Nash helped me work out in the, the song got like 50% better and we finished it in five minutes and that's what you have.
2: Well, it's, it's great in uh, it's again, it's called a necessary evil and I love that track. So you're saying King that you plagiarized yourself kind of like John Fogarty did when he wrote old man down the road, he basically plagiarized run through the jungle. <laughs>
3: Unknowingly, though. Yeah,
2: unknowingly.
3: Unknowingly. Had I had I remembered, it was like literally the same, just for one part, it, it, that it was the pretty much the same lyrics and melody. You, you don't want to do that, but I, I think it's fair game because no one had heard that 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 piece of music never got an official release. Gotcha. Yeah, you know, for the record, I I didn't even know about this. You
0: know, this long illustrious history of that track. Right. I mean, when we went into the studio, you know, the king just showed up with it. You know? But I had no idea he had, he was kicking that can about, you know, years before.
3: The more you learn, you know, you watch Behind the Music and the making of, a lot of these guys left have something in their pocket for 15, 20 years. And, you know, at, at a time of, of most dire need, you're like, well, what about this one? And that <laughs> yeah. one, you know, tend to, since it was sort of, Ninety percent done, and I guess I had forgotten that that goes to show you how much time had 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 passed, but it you know it is one of those things where it's it's kind of don't get too attached with something, you know, try you know, we don't have producers telling us, Oh, take this fifty takes, you know, it's us making the decisions, but sometimes you know you have to drive yourself to say you know, put this back on the drawing board. Yeah. And this song definitely, and, you know, you can easily ruin songs doing that. You know, some songs are best left alone. If you have a version of them that has something, you know, we have re-recorded songs like uh, Saturation, you know, we, Stalker was a demo, you know, and we tried for days to get this creepy vibe back. And, you know, it was recorded awfully, but it had some voodoo that was not replaceable. So we we put some tracks on top of it, but that one, you know, we had to keep as is. So it goes both ways.
1: Thought you wanted, thought you wanted, I thought you wanted.
2: Kind of like Bruce Springsteen's Nebraska. He could never get those demos any better than they were the first time. And so that's what we always have heard. Um, yeah, no. To Nash's point, uh, it sounds like you guys can still surprise each other after all these years when you get together and bring your ideas in.
3: Yeah, We do. I, I never know what Nash will have something like uh, he'll explain to me how something goes and I think I'll understand it. And then he'll say, yeah well, just listen to the demo, and the demo is some weird like <laughs> modal like chinese music that that makes no <laughs> sense to what he just told me, so yeah, um, I think musically our minds and this is good work in in unconventional ways we're we're not we're not the- you know we didn't learn theory or anything, but I think we're familiar with it, but we have our own sort of shorthand that's that's a little bit more unusual
2: gotcha and to my knowledge and correct me if i'm wrong neither one of you have ever made a solo album it's always urge overkill if you guys are going to make music it's going to be done under the name urge overkill correct
0: well well, when when we when we started the laundry in the mid 90s and went our separate ways we both did dabble in solo projects i put out a solo record and
2: you uh, did okay
0: yeah, as well you know the, the king put up one out as well um, and uh you know it was it was it was nice I think we we weren't really particularly talking but but I mean I'm sure I could speak for both of us. It. it was nice to at least stay musically active you know uh, and not letting that the ink and the pen dry out so to speak but uh you know I mean we, we I think you know, you know over time we realized that uh, you know that the 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 sum of of the joys was greater than the parts. Am I getting that right? Is that right? No, it's something um, like nice that. Parts, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, it's just something about when we when we you know uh, you know so, put our so, heads together. Yeah, I mean, it just it
3: always comes out urge. It's the weirdest thing. But I think we did have to 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 really appreciate. What urge, I mean, we've always had a, a high opinion of, of how rare what we do is, and we don't put something out unless it's gonna reach a certain bar. But you really learn when you work by yourself and then you find try to find another person with whom you have musical telepathy, it becomes uh, apparent very quickly uh, how rare that situation is. And and really is is rarely a twice in a lifetime type of thing. The solo band, you know, it's it's you know, uh, I thought it would be great, but it it, it was it just really it, I think it reinforced our, uh, you know, it, it made me less excited about. I gave it a try, but yeah, I don't think our hearts were in it. Once you've been to the mountain, you know, it's like it's <laughs> yeah, hard to. And- It's hard to go for, you know, you, when, you know, it's like a second class product, it's always going to be, I'm never going to find another partner to write songs with. I can write them by myself, but then that weirdness isn't there. And and and, who cares? But we did do solo work and we realized that that sort of through doing that. Should I
2: seek it out or should I, should I just stay with urge overkill?
3: Just just stick with urge.
2: All right. Um, now, another thing with working with new guys is the new guys might not have the honesty and the, the secondhand nature that you guys have with each other. They might even have to actually just defer to you because you are King and Nash a verge Overkill. They might oh, that's great, King, or that's great, Nash. So it's good that you guys can still keep each other honest, too.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, we, we always, you know… Uh we always, you know, from the from the start, we we, we always, uh, t- you know, refer to it as correcting each other's work, uh, even if you're, you know, even if it, it came to loggerhead sometimes, uh, like you know, any soundwriting duo. But uh, you know, I mean, when it's just you, you, there's no one there to say you can't do that or what about this, you know. It's all up to you. You know, your your higher guns are just waiting for you to say it goes like this or that. No one's there to correct your work.
2: You know? Right. Now, let me talk about this. There's a song on here. First of all, you guys both have distinctive singing voices. But when you sing together, that's just a sweet spot for me. And a song on the record called I've Been Ready. I, I just love hearing your voices together. Great tune. You could
1: always make some sounds. You could
3: Thanks very much. Um, I've got to say that the the tune where that's most apparent, I think, is on uh, "Follow My Shadow." Um, and yeah, throughout our our career, we've been trying to uh, trying to to always make sure there are a couple songs where we have uh, a lead, and it's it's like a co-lead. Mm-hmm. So like this, Simon Garfunkel, Everly Brothers, kind of right. You know,
2: school. yeah. Well,
3: it's a, a give, uh, give, follow my shadow, a listen, and uh, yeah, we, we hope to continue that that tradition. And and pe- a lot of people have uh, commented on that that eerie third voice that's that's created when we are singing together. You know, in uh, harmony. A lot of it. A lot of it comes from, you know, what we do is, is just pretty exhausting. We used to be a trio and and PAs used to be just terrible And for, <laughs> for anybody to really hear what we were doing. A lot of times it took two guys singing the same. If you really wanted to come out clearly, it's like, well, we're just both going to have to sing this or nobody's going to hear it.
1: Right. And,
3: uh, it it kind of came out out of necessity before we had like decent PA systems and uh, just turned into something that sounds cool on, on record. But I think you'll find versions on of that uh, back to our very first records. Yeah. And now a word from our sponsors.
2: Hey, Roxala listeners. It's Pat Francis. And I'm here to tell you that we are stepping up our audio game with the new shore MV seven podcast microphone. Now look, If you want to get the best audio out of your Zoom interviews, and I know you do, then you need to buy the MV7. It's perfect for podcasting, home recording, and gaming. It plugs right into the USB of your PC or your Mac, and it's ready to go. So take your sound to the next level with the Shure MV7 podcast microphone. You know what? I'm using it right now. Now back to the show. Now, this next question I'm going to ask, I ask it because uh, I had singer Fee Wable of the Tubes on. And at that time, he told me that he also had a day job. He manages properties because he said that the money he makes just fronting the Tubes doesn't really allow him the lifestyle that he wants to live. Do you guys have other things that you do? And I'm only asking that because the past two albums, it's been so long between albums. And I'm just wondering how you guys. You know, you know what I mean. You know, I mean. Yeah. I, I hope I'll that's take, not out of the ordinary to ask that.
3: I'll take that one. In okay. That, when we were in our, we when we were in our younger days, um, and and had our heads screwed on straight, we had we had uh, you know, b- proper business manager and things like this, and we we made extremely prudent investments. Good, and, good.
2: I'm so, look. Uh, I'm glad to hear that because the story usually goes the other way. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm glad that you guys we're, are were intelligent young men.
3: And, we were uh, lucky enough. And, uh, you know, we, we do get some, the way that royalties work internationally, I don't want to get too into this. Sure, yeah,
2: and I don't want you the, to. The,
3: you know, the way with uh, some of the stuff that we have in movies does provide royalties. And, and we just kind of, being an international phenomenon, there is <laughs> some... There's some laws are uh the publishing laws are XUS are are somewhat different so cool so we get by you know all right
2: good good well i, I just i don't want to i didn't want to pry into your but i did i was curious about that because it's uh you know a, a lot of music fans think anyone who has an album uh, lives in uh lives in a castle and is a millionaire and you know that's <laughs> not that's not always the case but no, you guys are
3: like yeah, we're 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 basically it's the past glories today. I think if we were getting into it, um
2: yeah Be difficult. Yeah, it's, it's difficult
3: with the streaming and all that. It's it's people people don't and, and even the people who advise musicians have have poor understanding yeah. of the, the ugly realities of it. So exactly. We won't go there, but okay. uh yeah.
2: All right, moving on, Nash, when was the last time you guys did? A- a tour of the U.S.
0: Uh, well, I've mean, got a, a proper tourist. Probably when we, uh, you know, we're on the road promoting Rock Sub, you know, Rock and Roll Submarine, yeah. uh, which, as you said, was you know, uh, you know, eleven, eleven years, years ago, ago. two thousand eleven, yeah. yeah. But that, that's the last time I remember us doing a, a proper tour. I mean, we, we did a series of one-offs after that, you know, overseas or here. You know one or two shows but you know nothing to constitute a proper tour
3: with we went to australia maybe we went to london and uh you know things went pretty well but but i don't know if that one struck the public consciousness quite in the the way we we were hoping and um you know probably could have done more tour- touring at that time but uh it, you know, it, it wasn't. We had a self-released record, and we we hadn't. You know, we we decided to not pile a bunch of our own money and going out and, and playing. Yeah. And that that really would have been that that was getting to be the reality. And for 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 those lucky few, we did play. I think L.A. and and around the the Midwest, and then we played a a big show at Wrigley Field. After yeah. that. The food fight and, and yeah. we made it to Australia. I think I did say London. I don't think we'll, we'll go anywhere else. But uh, now with this, we we're we're really hoping to hit it off in France. So well hello. <laughs> and, and Spain, of course.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. well, I'm I'm based oh, in, you know, La- I'm in.
3: Also, we're we're in Spain too. Yes,
2: yeah. I'm in Los Angeles, so I hope you guys come through with the new album because I I would. I would love it so much. Now, since you brought up "Rock and Roll Submarine," one of my favorites on that album, "Thought Balloon," that I just dig that tune. I don't know if that's what <laughs> the kids—I don't know if the kids say "dig" anymore—but I dig that tune, guys.
3: I dig it. I dig it too. You I guys never get tired of it, but that is Nash's deal.
1: Cross the room at some party That's when I knew You could read my thought balloon Three bubbles connecting a cloud The of a cloud
2: Well, and then the single Effigy, that song just has like a crunchy rocking in the free world style guitar and drill. And it just sounded like you guys were like rejuvenated on the on that record. I mean, it had been what, 16 years at that point.
3: That's a Roser jam. I basically took a tab of speed and it's over.
2: (laughs) Well, I want people to, I want people to buy we first and foremost, but then go back. And if you missed some of these albums like rock and roll submarine, go check those out too.
3: Um, Thanks very much because we're, we are, we are equally proud of all of our, all all of our babies, but uh, we're really pretty pleased with the, I think some of the hemming and hawing we took over, getting this one perfect clearly hit a nerve because uh we had versions of this record for release that we we kind of ended up trashing and starting again in terms of the way some of it was mastered uh the order we didn't have artwork for the longest time and I and I'm I'm glad we came up with the 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 pa- whole package seems to we're finally happy with it. And we were, you know, if it takes 11 years for us to be happy with something, I guess this proves that that's the way we need to look at things. Well, if
2: if you're willing to talk to me, then you must be happy about it. So I appreciate that. Uh, Let's talk about one of your cover songs that everyone knows. It's "Girl You'll Be a Woman Soon," Neil Diamond song. Of course, uh, it was from your Stall EP, but most of us probably heard it from Pulp Fiction. Girl you'll be a woman soon. I
1: love it so much. Your kind. They we'll never get tired of putting it down, and I never know when I come around. What I'm gonna find? Don't let them make up your mind. Don't you look good? You will be a woman singing. Please come take my.
2: Did you realize how important that song was going to be when it was in that film?
0: National? No idea. Well, no, I mean, we. To be honest, we <laughs> we were sort of contractually. We, you know, we had already signed to Gaffham, but we were contractually contractually owed Touch and Go another record. And you know, we always, you know, we we always had a great relationship with that label. And uh, we weren't certainly we're going to stiff them, you know. But uh, but we were you know we were lacking material because the material we're working on was you know eventually to become saturation. But uh, you know we we took what we had and but we needed a few other tracks and you know when in doubt any band will tell you you know grab a cover. Um, and preferably a cover that you know, no, most people have never heard. So you you know, you you get full credit. You know, you make it your own, and people just assume it's yours. You know. Yeah. And, and girl, was that, uh you know, I, I just it happened to be on uh, the, the turntable. You know, we were gearing up for uh, you know uh, this trip to New Jersey to record, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, you know, we we just you know the, we we've we spun you know we spun vinyl. All, all day you know at night and that just happened to be on and we're like we well, you know we need some material and you know that uh some compilation of neil diamond's early bang recordings
2: yeah
0: hit the table and uh and you know that song came out we're like you know it's like it's kind of the same thing that happened with freedom like you know what the hell is this you know it but was I, just so, you know kind of dark and creepy and weird and right up our alley so uh but we grabbed that at the last second i don't think we ever rehearsed it or worked it out we just went into Kramer's studio, and you know, just like with uh, and when we recorded, at Rock, you know, uh, uh, the, when we recorded, we sometimes it's it, it's easier to just break the ice and you know, chase out the the ghosts in the machine to just start out with a, a simple cover that no one really cares that much about, if you know how if it, how it ends up. Yeah.
3: Cool. The thing about was it? Did we know? you know, that this was going to be a big movie. Nobody knew. I mean, we screened the movie and that was a whole story in itself. They they needed this song, you know, so bad enough that they flew us out there and we were so engaged in the movie that we were shocked when the song came in. We had yeah, forgotten we had, why we were we forgot there. forgot why we were at the pre yeah. screening. <laughs> at that time, Tarantino was a, you know, he, he was an indie filmmaker. Right, second and, film. People had. There was no indication to us or anybody that any of them knew that this was going to be some cultural watershed. No, and that wasn't clear to me upon seeing the movie either. So, not only was the movie a huge deal, it was it was that the the soundtrack, soundtrack. was a huge deal, and most of the bands on the soundtrack had were, were older and were, were no longer touring. So, we got sort of the benefit of being the
2: the Young kind of
3: Guns. that we were the single for that, you know, platinum selling, multi-platinum selling uh, soundtrack. soundtrack, and yeah. it kicked off this whole thing where soundtracks were the next thing. But that was a completely that that was a not predictable, and no. the last thing we expected was a song that we were completely done with was gonna leapfrog sort of our other songs internationally. Right. And, you know, is that the perfect scenario? You know, who knows? But we, we did, we did get to do a lot of cool stuff because that was attached to a, it was on a different label and it was a different team. So we got to do all sorts of crazy stuff and go lip sync in all these countries and <laughs> really do a whole lot of irresponsible things.
2: Now, when, when you saw the film, you had to be impressed that they they play the entire song the whole song plays and that well, more really fun.
3: longer that? than. they use more song than there is They're, they, they use more song use than there is. It. Yes. yeah they, they
0: edited it to be even longer and, but yeah no that that that's that's you what know, that's what was truly shocking for us I mean we had had a few you know tracks here there on on movie soundtracks. But, you know, more than not, you know, they're in the movie, they're used to, you know, incidentally. Yeah. incidentally, I maybe mean, someone turns on a radio or d- during a little montage, transitional you know, part in the film. But, I mean, we were absolutely shocked, uh, you know, when, you know, we watched this movie. And we were so engaged in the movie, like King said. I mean, like, we forgot why we were at this pre-screening until, you know, Uma walks over to this, <laughs> you know, the 2 dragon and, and, uh and cues up this real to reel, and cues up that tune. Like amazing. And we were, it was sh- We were just shocked that it, it was actually part of the narrative. You know, yeah. of the movie. Uh, she wants to hear the song. She starts dancing to it. She ends up ODing to it. But uh, yeah, and that, and they, they made it even longer than it actually is. So we were just you know we, we were, did not see that one coming at all.
2: I guess um, what I meant to say was you rarely hear the entire song within the film. That usually only happens over the end credits. So it was, it's just iconic and it's so great. So, you know, I'm glad that you guys had that success with that cover. And I always thought that maybe you guys got signed to Geffen because of that tune, but Nash, you said you guys were already signed to Geffen.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. No, this, it it was at the timing was actually fairly awkward because, we just signed a gap and we just put out Saturation on, you know, this you know, little, little song that could from our past that I'm sure we forgot all about, you know, uh, you know, all of a sudden it's, you know, we, we, all of a sudden we're on two major labels sort of speak. Yeah. you know, and, and and MCA was like, you know, this is a big hit. You guys, you know, you have to, you know, go all over the world and, and lip sync this three minute song for, for kids uh, on TV and you know we we were in the you know we were in the throes of promoting saturation the, the timing was very bizarre but you know it it sort of w- worked out to our advantage in the end you know one hand washed the other you know
2: and king so yeah we we're talking saturation now that's the you know if we're going to say there's a breakthrough album i mean i guess that's yeah. that's the one uh, produced by the butcher brothers and sonically this is on a whole other level than any of the past albums. I mean, this album just kicks ass.
3: Completely, yeah. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, these guys had been working in hip-hop and had been just, they were recording fanatics and had just waiting to get their hands on like a real rock band. It had been years since they'd been able to break out their tricks. And they knew every trick in the book that how the Beatles did this, how this th- did this how the, Zepp- the zeppelin did and, this. They, and they had
0: all that gear to to pull it off
3: so yeah we we were just incredibly you know the whole future was ahead of us so the label was rooting for us and uh you know they had a couple couple of the main journalists from chicago were were flown out to listen to the final mixes and yeah, everything was on the uh it was really uh a positive you know it was a it was a calm before the storm when we made that it was sort of a true celebration of of everything it was like our dreams were coming true yeah. and we i think the buoyancy and the sense of humor is successfully recorded you know in the incidentals and all that which is kind of a hard thing to do uh unselfconsciously but it's one of those things that you get a sense of the atmosphere, if you really listen to it, that we were having entirely too much fun.
2: <laughs> now, Sister Havana, obviously, anytime you guys play a show, you can't not do that song. You, you got to do it, right? Right. And, and I hope that you still love doing it, because we still love hearing it. <laughs> Come around to my way.
1: To want to get along every day, just like a vacation with you. When I'm watching.
3: I'm glad um, all of our songs don't go like that. I mean, that's we're not that kind of band, but right, right, yeah. We have one or two, yeah, yeah.
2: But to, yeah, to have that in your back pocket and pull that out—that's that's, that's yeah. a nice card to show. That's, it, big, that's yeah, if,
0: if if we ever omitted that from the set list, you know, we we, we had some pissed off, you know, urge fans. <laughs> I mean, we could not leave a stage without playing, you know, Sister of Anna, maybe Positive Bleeding, you know. Yeah. So, but that, everyone. That, they, They've been mainstays in our lives yeah. that, ever since.
2: And every artist has those songs. Bruce Springsteen can't not play Born to Run, you know? No. So when you guys come up with an opening riff, like the one in Sister Havana, do you immediately know, like, hey, that's this is something?
3: I guess with that one, there was, yeah, it was, it was pretty obvious. Um, when we were writing it, we even had Nirvana up on stage jamming to that riff over and yeah, over. We can that, that riff came to us, like, we were, you
0: know, on the, on the bus, the tour bus, uh, hoping for Nirvana, you know, the Nevermind tour, and I believe it was Frankfurt, we wheeled into Frankfurt, and, you know, there's always guitars laying about, and, yeah, we, we were kind of screwing around with that, and then it was time to sound check, and, you know, you get sick of playing the same show, the songs that you play for the show, so... You know, you, you bands tend to, uh, you know, experiment to have some fun with soundtracks. And so we just had that riff and we just were playing playing. And then, like, I think Navasella got up there and maybe Kirk grabbed the guitar. I can't remember. But, but they joined in. I mean, we didn't have the song or anything, just that riff. Wow. And uh, that, that was really the, uh, you know, the genesis of, of that tune. That's how cool. you know it's a winner.
2: Yeah. Yeah. If Nirvana wants to play along with you, then you got something. <laughs> yeah,
3: um, yeah. I mean, I mean last it was kind of in in our. That was a little bit of our attempt, a cheeky attempt to kind of rip off a Nirvana-ish song, you know. Yeah, yeah. we
0: thought it was we were like, well, kids seem to like this sort of
3: thing. We, we thought it was very, Nir, Nir, you know,
0: Nirvana-esque. You know? Uh,
2: we're almost out of time, guys, but I do want to touch on 1995's "Exit the Dragon," also produced by the Butcher Brothers. I thought this was just a fantastic follow-up to Saturation, and I mean, I mean, it got great reviews, and then I feel like the label drops the ball on this, big time, because this is a great record.
0: Yeah, no, the label did not drop the ball at all. We dropped the ball as a band. You know, that, that's when everything, you know, the, the cracks started forming and, uh, it, you know, within the band, and, and you know, it's, a, it's inevitable for most bands, it, it's gonna happen. Right. but yeah I mean the, the, the wheels were coming off the wagon but but the label was I mean they they stood by it and did what they could okay and and even offered us you know they I, 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 I I'm sure it's uh you know uh common uh you know common understanding that it's somehow you know dragon didn't perform as well as saturation so the label you know uh, dropped us or something but the, it, the, quite the opposite. They 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 were encouraging us to uh, fulfill our contract. We had an option for two more records,
2: uh-huh.
0: and you know that record almost killed us. I mean, it, you know, it really did. I mean, it was you know, it's uh, whereas you know uh, saturation is such a positive celebration. I mean, Dragon, as you can hear, you know, in the track, I mean, it was you know a very dark uh, sort of chapter in the band and you know the, the beginning of the end, really. So. Um, but they, you know, the label—I mean—they—they—they they, they, they couldn't have been cooler or more supportive, and they did what they could. But you know, you can't save a you know someone who's drowning. You know, a, you know, a, you know, you want to help them and fish them out, but you see them waving in the distance, think, yeah, thinking I, like, a and, you know.
3: Well, <laughs> I do, I do want to comment though too. I I think that the label was so behind and so convinced that. Uh, saturation should have been and was going to be, they never gave up on saturation. They were sure it was going to be like a multi-platinum record. Right. And for whatever reason, you know, the, the counting crows came, a couple other things happened that kind of messed it in. The the kids didn't quite embrace it. So they worked so hard with us on saturation that the fact that that didn't go multi-platinum everyone was scratching their heads and then we delivered a totally different sounding record, which they were, you know, happy to push, but they were also aware of the state between the band members and sort of saw that we were not functioning in the same way. And, you know, there there was sort of a mutual agreement that God, if we can't get saturation to be, you know, top of the heap, what are we going to do with this weird record and it was i think true but you know we are all, we are proud that we didn't uh a lot of our friends even in the in the industry were like you knuckleheads why <laughs> didn't you just release Sat- saturation 2 what were you thinking and we're like that's not the urge way you know no. we to release what we think is a masterpiece and you know suck it and, yeah. and where our and where are heads at yeah. but yeah i, think- I mean And also around
0: that time, you know, with Kurt and Courtney and everything going on, you know, drugs, you know, hard drugs, it became quite a, you know, taboo, you know, touchy, toxic subjects. The label, you know, had had enough with it. You know, they lost their cash cow. Yeah. And, you know, and so, and, you know, when those problems started seeping into our operation, you know, they, I think, you know, they, you know i think they it just you know like, all they could do was just sort of back away from it and like hope that it all works out you know
2: well i i appreciate your honesty in talking about this cuz i'm just an outsider and a fan and that's how i always felt that maybe the the label dropped the ball but you're telling me the opposite and i that's cool yeah. i do want to mention the song the break that king sings that did very well on rock radio mainstream rock radio
0: Like you said, it was, it, it was critically well received, yeah. but, uh, but we as a band couldn't really deliver it uh, live, you know, it, gotcha. it, we, I mean, we, we, none of us could be in the same room with each other after, at, at some point during all that. Um, and it's sad, but you know, it's at the same time, it's so cliche. Uh, but, uh, you know, you know, they don't know what to do with it and we couldn't do anything with it, you know, and, and, um, you know, I, I think we all went our, our separate ways before the, the album had even run its course. Wow. Yeah. Well, I,
2: know, I want to give another shout-out to another song that Nash sings on the album, uh, Need Some Air. Love it.
1: If the red to be ready, to be wrong. It's like a song's last thing. a going on. has got to do with me? The show ain't on TV just a revolution, Miss Man I need some man, I need some man Don't you pass out, they won't cry I need some man, I need some man Don't wanna hang out, will you cry
2: really the vocals on the whole album for me are per- just perfection you guys sound great so um regardless okay. of what was happening behind the scenes to my ears everything was a okay with urge overkill
3: yeah still a live standard you know need some air we get yeah. we get you know with the break and needs some air we definitely get a lot of uh good response and yeah if we had taken a, a good uh you know a year apart at that time maybe uh Maybe the trajectory would have been different, but uh, yeah, we, we, uh, we do stand uh, to have that album as something that's always going to be ours. Gotcha. Yeah.
2: All right. Got Nash and King. I so much appreciate you guys talking to me today. Everyone go to on Twitter, go to at urge and the websites urgeoverkill.com. The new album, by the time this episode drops, the new album will be out on vinyl and CD and download. It's called We. It's a great album. I was so excited that a new album was coming out and just dropping the digital needle on this and listening with the headphones on. It's it's great. So congratulations, guys. Check
3: out the vinyl if you can.
2: Vinyl is your preferred way of listening, right, King? Absolutely. Now, guys, if you come to L.A., I hope I get to say hi to you in person. That would be fantastic.
0: That my is last... so happening oh, over over
2: a round of cocktails. All right, for sure. I love it. I look at this. I'm going to hold you to it. I'm going to bring this tape and play it so you guys uh, remember that you said that. Now, <laughs> my last question: either one of you can take it, or you can agree on it. What song from the new album do you want me to use as the playout song for this episode? Wow. Yeah. Tough.
0: What do you, what do you think my leash? Follow my shadow?
3: (laughs) Yeah. Play, um, that's the one where, where we're singing the chorus together. Do follow my shadow.
2: All right. Great. In closing. Thank you, King. Thank you, Nash. Everyone go by we, and please enjoy follow my shadow. Thanks guys. See? you guys i really appreciate this this was cool thanks yeah. all right we'll see you Take soon yeah okay see you in la all right yes bye-bye drinks on drinks on us <laughs> good all right